1: I just play Doctor online. Uh, where do I start tonight? I think I'll probably just uh, go with uh, with this.
0: And now it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good.
1: Yeah. Remember last week? Last week I did my pedantic moment on the movie... Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And it was a long one because there was a few things about the movie that, that uh, uh, I thought too much about and didn't make sense to me. And I thought what I'd do is I s- sort of revisit that. Not go through everything again, but um, revisit it because uh, quite often when I get pedantic uh, about a movie such as Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, somebody would respond uh, by saying, okay, uh, you're okay with the aliens, but you have a problem with the communication thing, with the music and uh, the people not knowing what to... but you're okay with the aliens. And I say, yeah, I'm okay with the aliens because it's the it's the thing that's called the sus- suspension of disbelief. Uh, I can accept the 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 concept of the movie saying that okay there are intelligent extraterrestrials that have somehow figured out how to traverse the vast expanse of space in a timely fashion and in an economical way I mean because it, it's it's costly to create energy and you know to get that stuff to get from there to here and and all that and it's and you got to be able to do it in a time span that would make sense right and obviously they're traveling at the speed of light, or near the speed of light, or probably beyond the speed of light, because uh, the people, the hostages they picked up over the decades, they didn't age any, because obviously they've been moving so fast relative to us, so time moved differently for them. We aged where they didn't, even though you know they aged, you know however long they think they were gone. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, because they were traveling at past light speed or something. So, yeah, I can accept that. I can accept that. And then I can, I can also accept they can somehow, and I the way I think about it, uh, when they implanted the image of Devil's Tower into the minds of, of select average people, because they wanted them. They didn't want the ones that our government had set aside for them to take, you know, for the prisoner exchange. And they didn't, they didn't want that, except it's not a prisoner exchange. It says, well, look, we'll give you these humans if you give us back these other humans. But again, how did the humans know? How did our government know that they were gonna be giving back these hostages? And how did they know which hostages were coming back? How did they know? I mean, sure, Flight 19 is the one where they disappeared, uh, you know, just in 1947, flying her down around Florida or something like that. They disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle, which is a bunch of bullshit, but still, you know, okay, fine, that's in the folklore, but what about somebody that's just gone missing? I mean, you know, some runaway kid that ended up going into porn or something like that and, you know, that's at least what the parents were hoping, because, boy, we sure don't want them to be abducted by aliens. But suppose it's just a missing person. How do they know? How did they know which are the ones that are, you, know, you know, so you know what I mean? See, I'm getting pedantic again. <laughs> it's, it's because they hadn't been able to communicate yet because we didn't learn. How, they were teaching us. It was the first day of school with all this music stuff. I mean, they keep doing the, you know, the, the, the little tune, da-da-da-da-da. Well, what did that mean? If I sat down and I looked at you and I just kept, and you had no idea what this movie was, and you didn't know anything about it, nothing, and I just looked at you and I went da-da-da-da-da, and I just kept repeating it to you, I, you you're just going to think I'm nuts. You're not going to know what I'm trying to do, <laughs> other than be goofy. You know, Maybe it's, you know, it's five notes, maybe it's H-E-L-L-O, yeah, you know, maybe that's what it is. But there's how do we know? We we could guess it could be A H O L A, which is Aloha. Who knows? It could be speaking in Hawaiian, and so we don't know if they're saying hello or if they're saying goodbye. And then then we I I don't know, then is it a, a, a code? You know, okay, well, they gave us these notes, can we build these letters? Can we build uh, the, the message from just knowing four letters, H E L and A or or A H O L <laughs> knowing those letters, I mean, assuming those words, those letters are, are what they're doing anyway, I, it's, it's just okay. So I can accept the larger concept. I can suspend my disbelief for that. But if rules are you know, and when the rules are set up in the movie, in close encounters of the third kind, the rules of the movie are is everything is the way it is in the real world. Except, you know, we we believe, you know, we're showing you that there's these super smart aliens who are apparently who we would assume, I would assume, they are doing things in a scientific way. You know, it's the old saying. I don't know if it was Asimov who said it or Arthur C. Clarke or somebody said it that if a, 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 a species was sufficiently Advanced, you know, advanced enough, we would think what they're doing is magic and so that's it looks like it's magic but i'm believing that these guys are scientifically advanced and technologically advanced enough so that they can implant and uh you know the mission specifics into your brain except they don't do a very good job of it because the people didn't know what this devil towers devil's tower image was supposed to be they just were compelled to create the image and then try to figure it out and once they made the connection they were compelled to go there but they didn 't know what their mission was it's you know, so it 's a technology that maybe the aliens weren 't quite they hadn 't quite perfected yet, or our brains are just not what they 're used to working with and, because we 're too stupid i don 't know, but at least that 's what I think it's uh, within the film this this stuff happens in the real world, so when something doesn 't jibe with the real world. In the other aspects of the film, such as how did we know the hostages were coming back? How did we know to have a board full of pictures of them and have a clipboard with a checklist? How did we know to do that? How did how did the government guys know uh, what to tell the the musician they hired for the day? You know, hey, it's a paying gig. You know, how did they know what notes to play back? when the when the things that, you know, if I go to you, da, 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 and I do it over and over until finally you say it back to me, da, 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 and then I start going, da, 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 and I start doing that. Well, what the, you just go, I'm sorry, are we having a conversation? It's, that's where the pedantry happens. So I can accept I can accept Superman exists in a movie, I can accept the Star Wars stuff in the movie, but if some character does something that doesn't feel right. Let's for example, the 1954 classic sci-fi horror film The Creature from the Black Lagoon. All right? You have to suspend your disbelief that there would be such a man-fish creature living in a lagoon down in the Amazon. You'd have to suspend your disbelief that that would exist. And you, if you're able to do that, if the filmmakers are good enough to get you over that hurdle, then you'll enjoy the film and you'll be able to accept the stuff, right? Okay, so everything else in that movie fits within the real world. It's, it's, it's just that in this world, there is this kind of creature. And... So everything else that's the the reactions to it, the technology that the humans have, and and how they re what they plan on doing with it, everything rings true because it's how humans would probably react. Maybe not exactly scientific, or maybe it's not you know, as accurate. You know, if actual field biologists were out and and discovered this thing, how they would handle it, but. It's, it rings true that this is what human beings would do. But if, uh, what's his name? I think it's Richard Carlson, who was the lead actor in that film. If, if when the creature comes up and takes the gal, uh, I can't remember her name, Julie something, or whatever, anyway, they take her, right? And, and, and so he goes to rescue her, and then what he ends up doing is, he turns into the Hulk and goes out and battles him. If that had happened, you can't, could you suspend your disbelief? You'd be just like, well, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. That's, that's it's something that's, that's incongruous in the rules set up by the movie. You know, there, there are rules and we can go by them. You know, I know that's a bit extreme. It's, you know, but it's, it's, if they didn't react right, we wouldn't accept it. If they said, oh, well, well, they took the gal, let's just go. We, <laughs> we'd, we'd. That wouldn't be terribly uh, difficult to accept and be a real jerk move, but we'd say, well, that could happen. <laughs> but a guy turning into the Hulk to chase after it—well, okay, you didn't set that up; that just came out of the blue. So that's it's it's So I can accept, uh, you know, a movie with that has aliens. I can go with that. But if there's something in there that doesn't seem to fit right with the rules of the, that are established in the world that the movie is is showing you know that that can take me out of it or it can just I just get pedantic about it now I I blogged about uh, close encounters and this the whole thing that I talked about in my pedantic moment last week and I wrote it out and you know flushed it out a little bit more and uh, you know, there was somebody in the chat room last week that was trying to get me past the pedantry trying to help me out saying, well, maybe maybe they knew that they, they, they were figuring the hostages would be returned because they were dropping off uh, the, 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 the airplanes from the flight 19. they dropped those off. And in the later release version of the movie, there was a special edition that came out after the initial release. And that one had the part where it's got uh, Richard Dreyfuss going in. You see him going into the interior of the mothership, and something happens. I don't know. It's just, it, it wasn't really necessary. And when you see any of the, the director's cut or whether they have now, they don't have that part in there because I don't think Spielberg wanted that part in there. But but they were able to, they put something else in the special edition, which is the uh, the, the the government team that's traveling around the world finding these things being returned to us by the aliens. These, uh, you know, fr- okay, first it's the airplanes, and then it's this big old freighter ship kind of thing, laying out there in the Gobi Desert. And I just want to you know, draw your attention to this particular uh, scene in this movie. And I'll try to find a picture of it and put it up so you can uh, take a look at it yourself or maybe uh, link to a YouTube clip if they have one. I'll, tr- I'll try to remember to do that. But what it is, is a, a fantastic example of forced perspective in, in, the, in the cinematography that was done there. Um, it, they made a model of that ship that's laying out there in the desert, and they set it down, and they put the camera, you know, the model of the ship is much closer to the camera than the people and the helicopters that are off in the distance. The the people and the helicopters, everything's lined up within the camera to make it look like the people are much closer to the ship than they are, so they look really tiny, and the helicopters look tiny. But actually, they're way far away while the boat, ship, is really close to the camera and it's a it's a use of force perspective and it's done really well. It's 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 excellent. So that's that's uh you know that's a neat nifty thing to check out when you watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, but you know, if you're like me and you get to the end part and it's the music stuff, you just just go with it. Even though you know I brought it up for the pedantic moment because you know I, I need to do pedantic moments every now and then. And I, I brought it up but I but when I watch the movie I just I just go with it. Okay okay, I guess somehow they know what they're doing. I don't know how because but they do. And I and it is just a movie and don't get flipped out. <laughs> but it it uh it's a really great movie. It's an excellent movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, uh watch it again. And if you and again, if you see that part with the ship if you watch that version of the of the movie just know that that is forced perspective pause the picture and take a look and you'll it's 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 done really well so anyway that's cool and that's uh so yes i can accept the fact that there's a werewolf but you see okay here's another example in 1941 i think it is uh the the wolfman came out that's the lon cheney jr Film where uh, where he's the Wolfman, and that uh, the, that he's the Wolfman, and that film has a few uh, what you would call continuity errors, but it has a moment in there. The first time uh, Larry Talbot, that's the character, turns into the Wolfman. Right, he's he's in his room, he sits he's sitting at his chair, and what we the transition scene that we get to see or the transformation scene that we get to see is we get to see his feet go from human feet to wolf like paws and so he walks on his tiptoes as he as he's as he's the wolf man we get to see that happen the hair starts to come up into and the, and the him going up on his toes and the big you know paw pad at where his toes are and all that you would get to see that happen and then the next thing you know you see him out in the, the mist covered moors uh, out in the wilds of wherever they are and, and he was, he's wandering around but here's the thing the wolf man is a, is a, uh, um, just a, a force of nature. It's a wild animal. It's a beast. And yet, <laughs> he has some modesty. You see, when Larry is tr- turning into the Wolfman, you see, he doesn't know what's happening just yet, but he, he, he sits down in this chair. He's dressed in slacks, no socks on his feet, no shoes, no socks, slacks, and a wife beater t-shirt, you know, an undershirt, the white, you know, the sleeveless. you know, the wife beaters, you know what I mean, the tank top sort of undershirt. That's what he's wearing. And he starts turning into the werewolf or the wolf man. And we see, you know, we see the feet transform. And then next thing you know, he's out there walking through the mist. And he, before he left, he changed his slacks he was wearing a lighter color slack to change them to darker ones. And then he went and got himself a nice long sleeve button up shirt to put on and buttoned it all the way up and, and rolled the sleeves all the way down and buttoned the cuffs and then went out to go kill somebody, <laughs> savagely kill somebody, but he didn't want to be wandering around in a wife beater, you know, and, and, then the pants might even, I've been wearing them all day. Let's put on a different pair of pants. See, it's things like that. See, that's me being pedantic, noticing that. Yeah, and then when he comes back to himself in the morning, he's, he's got the long... I think the shirt was off. Maybe it wasn't. I think the shirt was on. Anyway, it's just... Obviously, they wanted to go with a long-sleeve shirt, and the collar buttoned all the way up because that's less of uh, Lon Chaney Jr. got to cover with hair. Right? Makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, you know what else makes sense? Taking my first break. Oh boy! Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I shall return after this break, so just sit tight.
0: some Z's Mm -hmm. getting some Z's Mm -hmm. getting some Z's wake up up, up. listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com this is Meryl Streep there's so much in life we can't control but here's something we can colorectal cancer It's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., but it is almost entirely preventable. Screening finds polyps, so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. If you're over 50, get screened for colorectal cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone! You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Grandpa, look what I got! Wait till you see the bike we got for Jake. It is the coolest
1: thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech-Language Hearing Association.
0: Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I met up with the Minnesota Skeptics just this past week. Oh, and before I get going to that, remember, I still like these movies. You know, like the, the Wolfman. I like The Wolfman. I think it's great. It, it has some implausibility to it. Obviously, a guy turning into a wolfman. But, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, uh, uh, John, uh, Lon Cheney Jr., being the son of Claude Rains. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I was reading some uh, horror movie book or something like that that was reviewing some of the old ones, and uh, whoever was reviewing it or talking about it or writing about it, however you want to put it, uh, uh, had said, what must Larry's mother look like? Because, see, Larry Talbot was away in America, and he comes home to this, this stately estate, that his family owns, and uh, his his father is Claude Rains, who is this English fellow, proper English fellow, and not uh, you know I, Lon Cheney Jr. is a big fella, big guy, barrel chested, big you know big looks like he could play football and that kind of guy, and and uh, uh, Claude Rains is a smaller man, <laughs> uh, and a f- fabulous, terrific actor. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean he's in Casablanca, and he's terrific in Casablanca. It's just he's terrific. He's probably the, he's one of the highlights of the movie. And he, he, you know it's, you look at and and Larry's older brother had died apparently, and that's why Larry's coming home. And they see a portrait of his older brother, and it looks just like Larry except he's got some gray hair. And it, and it, it, like the writer said about the movie, what must their mother have looked like? <laughs> and, you know, I I see maybe she looked. Small too, and they just had big kids. Who knows? But whatever. Anyway, I met, I met up with the Minnesota Skeptics. <laughs> um. Oh. Oh. Before I do that, <laughs> I'm just kind of jobling here. Uh, that's not even a word. The the in film they have this thing called the Deus Ex Machina, and it's in literature, and it's it's some Latin way of saying. Uh, the writer couldn't figure out a way to get out of it, so they came up with something fantastic. They just came up with a with a device, with a machine, with something that'll just uh, make this possible. And the, the greatest uh, deus ex machina moment, one of the greatest, and it was done on, absolutely on purpose. The filmmakers knew what they were doing. It was done for laughs, and it's from the uh, Monty Python Life of Brian. And there's a scene in there where Brian... Now, I'm going to spoil this for you. Sorry, but if you haven't seen it, the movie came out in 78 or something like that. And if you don't... Come on. Anyway, Brian is being chased by some Romans, and he runs up this tower, and he, he gets to the top, and it's an unfinished tower at the top, and it's just he just falls off. He just runs up the stairs and just falls. And as he's falling, this, this spaceship zips right by and he falls into the spaceship and he's sitting in the cockpit of the spaceship and there's these really cool looking creatures that have you know one eye that's Held with looks like a hand, and they got these great big mouths, and they're looking, and they they turn and look at uh, Brian sitting inside the cockpit, and they fly off into space, and they get in a little space battle with another spaceship, and that and then they end up getting shot down, and they crash right at the bottom of the tower that Brian had fallen off of, and Brian climbs out of the wreckage and walks away, and there's some guy that's standing there who saw this whole thing happen. He says, "Ooh, you lucky bastard! That's that's the greatest Deus Ex Machina moment." ever. So, okay. I met, I met up with the Minnesota Skeptics, and, uh, and that's always cool. I usually put it as a cool thing uh, whenever that happens, when I get toward the end of the show. But uh, this week, uh, I think I got uh, three cool things that uh, I don't need to you know, put in the Minnesota Skeptics, even though that was a cool thing. I always enjoy meeting up with them. But uh, we did, I did something, a little stunt, for this meetup. Last month... Uh, there was a conversation, and somebody had asked about, you know, I I I have a beard, uh, uh, a beard and a mustache, and uh, I keep it fairly trim, you know, close. I don't let it get too shaggy, and um, and, I've had, and I've had it for a long time, and the, the question was, you know, when was the last time I've, I was clean-shaven, no, no facial hair, uh, except for the eyebrows. <laughs> uh, see, I'm being pedantic, sorry um and I, I couldn't remember but it's been eleven years it had been eleven years uh my when my brother-in-law got married i was in I was one of his one of the guys in the uh in the wedding uh, usher or something and and uh um uh, i I don't know why I just shaved for it and so that was the last time eleven years ago so um i they so the were curious as to what I would look like without the beard and the mustache thing. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'll put it up to a vote. I put a poll on the Minnesota Skeptics page on Facebook. And I said, uh, you know, should I shave for the next meetup? Take off all the facial hair. I'm going to leave the eyebrows, though. I'll trim them because they get bushy, let me tell you. <laughs> they just, they get thick and long and... and Weird. Now I don't tr- I don't shape them or anything. I just trim them, just cut them down. Uh, anyway, not that there's anything wrong with guys shaping their eyebrows. It's their eyebrows. They want to do it. Fine. Whatever. It's your eyebrows. You know, it's just it looks different and unusual because it's not something we've, we're used to. We're used to women shaping their eyebrows. Fine. But you know we're used to it. So when guys are doing it, it looks a little odd. But hey, it's their eyebrows. Their face. Go for it. You can want to do it. You do go ahead. Anyway. Um, so I you know, I put up, I said yes or no, and then I uh, then I uh, made sure to put in the line, and for any of you smartasses that want to add options, because you can do that when you put a poll up in a group, people can come in and add options to it. Uh, if anybody adds an option, there's only two options, yes or no. Any other options are going to be ignored. I mean, somebody suggested I shave all the hair off of my body, which got a lot of votes, and then uh, uh, somebody else suggested that I do the uh, Wolverine, you know, the X-Men character, where it's the, the mutton chops, and and somebody suggested that, and that got a, that got a lot more votes. <laughs> not, I mean, it wasn't tons and tons of votes going on, but it got it got uh, voted up pretty highly, and uh, and the yes, just the plain old yes vote got three. And no votes got none, so I ignored the other options, which I said I would do. And I shaved, shaved off everything—mustache, beard, everything. It was Wednesday the night before. Took the trimmers out, took it all off, and then I shaved. And then Thursday before I went down, I shaved again, just so it would be the the most clean-shaven I would be at that moment. Um, at the at and right now, everything's growing back because I don't like it. <laughs> And, i mean it feels weird that you feel air on your face that you didn't feel before or i feel air on my face that I, in areas that i didn't feel before um, and and that's not that that bothers me but i just i look in the mirror and i go oh, what the hell <laughs> i look better with a beard and a mustache i just well, at least I think I do. I look better. And I, and, and I did let it get shaggy. It got Because I figured well, I'm going to be shaving this thing off. I'm not going to trim it. I'm just going to let it go. So uh, I'll put up a couple pictures. You'll see it before and after. You see that I look so much more pleasant with the beard than I do without it. I mean, without the beard, I look like a mean man. But with the beard, I, I, I look pleasant and, and friendly and approachable. You know? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe I don't want people to approach me. Hmm. No. It's, it's growing back. And come... Uh, the next meetup in October, which I believe is on the ninth, it'll be back the way it should be. And um, you know, I can't say I'll never shave it off again, but I'm never gonna shave it off again, <laughs> unless I do. But uh, anyway, so that was and that was fun to meet up with them. And let me tell you, the the traffic. <laughs> um, it's a joke in Minnesota, and it's a joke, I suppose, in Wisconsin and Michigan and in the Dakotas and in Canada. Anywhere that gets winter, that really gets a winter, not you, you know, some places that get a little colder and maybe get some sleet or some freezing rain. No, I mean a winter. I mean a, t- a load of snow, and you can go a week... Uh, where the high temperature doesn't break zero that's winter okay and minnesota gets that and and so there's a joke about minnesota and like i said and these other places that have winters too i'm sure they have the joke as well Uh, there's only two seasons in minnesota winter and road construction and it's just it's the road construction is just never ending uh and I, I, I try to keep myself calm about it by reminding me that, yeah, there was this other area that was under construction for a while, and yes, it was un- inconvenient, but remember how nice it was once it opened up, and the roads were nice and smooth, and the lanes were wide, you know, there was another lane or something, or, or it, it made an, an easier exit or entry onto a freeway or something, whatever they did to change it. Remember? Remember how you... See? It's nice. So you have to deal with this. It's a pain in the ass, and it takes time to get through. So I try to remind myself of that. Uh, When I first started going to the skeptics meetups, which I think was in March 2016, I think it was, Maybe twenty seventeen, but it was in March somewhere, which is the latter part of uh, well uh, well it's the early part of spring the latter part of winter you know and it's, and, and you're you're just starting to get the feel that uh, you, that you might survive another winter and spring's about to show up you know, usually you know some but you know winter can always come make a comeback but it's that's about when it was and uh the uh, places that we would meet up are right in the warehouse district of minneapolis which you don't know where that is but uh, if you don't live in minneapolis but you can google it and it's just in what they call the north loop and the way i'd get there is i'd you know take a freeway you know highway 36 and that turns into 35 uh, w and it goes to minneapolis and i'd exit on washington avenue and then i'd just take a straight shot down and there's when i get nearby there's a place i can park shortly after spring sprung that year washington avenue started getting sections of it worked on so it was crawling and going to the detour to make your way around and to get yourself to and it just it was something that lasted and it seemed to go for about a year that's what it seemed to go and then it finally cleared and washington was pretty good it's sure it's rush hour time so there's a little heavier traffic takes a little more time but it was better it was a nice straight shot and it was nice and so that we you know I'd make the meetups and it was less aggravating uh, if the the freeways getting to downtown Minneapolis weren't too bad they could be a little backup but usually it, it wasn't too bad it was the the frustration was getting through downtown to where I needed to go so now it's opened up it's not so bad we get there and then what happens Well, the first place, the 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 main place that we meet up, the first place that we meet up that night, and the one that we stayed with when the other place that we'd go to turned out to be owned by a racist, and we decided let's find some place else to go, which was just a couple blocks down the other way, which was how it worked. Well, the main place, the first place we meet up at, went out of business. So one of the skeptics' elders, uh, Craig, he's the one in charge of uh, getting the Uh, reservations set up and and making sure that the places know that a bunch of, you know, 15 to 20 people are going to be showing up and having that reserved and doing all that work. Uh, He takes care of that and he does a good job. He found another place, which is in another part of Minneapolis. It's not downtown. It's a little off to the side of it, uh, a little uh, to the south side of of Minneapolis, but still kind of considered downtown. Well, not downtown, but, you know, anyway... Just don't worry about it and so we had a few I had a few commutes to the old place that were ah it's not so bad now because the road construction's over in this stretch it's not so bad we found a new place <laughs> the last half mile the last half mile taking the freeways and everything to it I go a little further along than I would go you know take a little bit of different route than I would take to go to the other place and go a little further along and get off the freeways and into the streets and the side streets and around the, the main ways through this part of Minneapolis and it's a winding kinda of way and then you finally get to one street and and it, it takes a little time because the traffic is rush hour it's a little more and then you get to that last half mile and there's a bridge that was being removed and it better be getting rebuilt <laughs> and so of course you know the last half mile which should take you two minutes if even uh to get there and to get in the parking lot and get into place no it takes another 10 15 minutes to work your way around it and i mean and this last time i got on one street that that you know my computer in the car is telling me the map is telling me which way to go, and it says head this way, and I'm I'm heading that way, and I got into the onto the street, which started out okay, a little a little congested, a little thick, but then as I moved along, it got more and more and more, and then it was it was it was waiting through green lights and not moving. I don't know how many of that happened. You'd, the light would be green, no would be no one would be moving forward. The light would turn red. And maybe you'd inch forward, maybe a car length, maybe two car lengths, because a couple cars, one or two cars, got through, and it just took that time for the rest of us to move up. Yeah, and and that and it would just you just sit there and sit there and sit there until finally I'm looking at the map and I said I think I can go over, I can make a turn, get off of this damn street and get over to the other one, and I did that I. And it, it did that, and then I got up to where the bridge wasn't, and then I had to make the, the detour around. And I'm telling you, <laughs> I think I left by uh, 10 after 5, something like that. I got down there by quarter after 6. And most, uh, I think 60% of that time was not on the freeways. It was after I got off the freeways and just was weaving my way through... Ooh. And normally, if it's in the middle of the day, not in rush hour, and if the bridge was there, uh, it would take 25 minutes or something. But, hey, I got there. So, you know, it's what we deal with. And I remind myself, at some point, this will be done. And it'll be nice, it'll be a nice bridge and it'll work better, still be a little slow but it won't be like it was, just, you know. And my lovely, wonderful wife, I talked to her about it and she she went on the Google and she she found a route and she said, try this next time. We might get me around all the construction, you know because the computer in the car only knows the one way and we can't get it to figure out another way. And so, you know, and uh, so she figured out another way I'll try it next time, and I'll let you know. Well, I'll let her know if it worked. <laughs> so, uh, wow, uh, hammered on about not much there. Hammered, is that a word? Yammered. I forgot the I forgot the Y. That's what it was. Well, let's not forget to take this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I will return. Uh, yes, I promise. <laughs>
0: You I would leave only- We're the station that beats all the, all the competition. And we'll prove it as soon as
1: we hear any competition.
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov. More listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dim Land Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. this station is not your cup of tea, then drink coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> drink coffee, 100% news, 100% information, 100% guarantee. thought you might say <laughs> that. You're listening to Ztalk Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. And that last little sounder on there about uh, drink coffee. Drink, you know, if it's not if you don't like tea, drink coffee, that thing. Um I'm a janitor. <laughs> I mean that's one of the things I do to uh, pay the mortgage and to live the high life that uh, that we uh, uh, that we live. <clears throat> anyway, uh, and one of the things that just drives uh, us janitors uh, a little uh, 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 batty is uh, coffee drinkers. Oof. yeah. I I don't know what it is with you guys. i you know it's not all these. I'm sure it, it, the ones that come from the, the Starbucks with the cups with the lids on them. You guys aren't you guys aren't so bad. It's, it's the ones that use the coffee mugs, and they drink the coffee that's provided by the office. You guys. Now, if, you're, if the shoe's not fitting you, don't put it on. But if it does, I want you to listen up. It isn't necessary to fill the coffee cup to the absolute fullest you can get it. It is not necessary. I know you need your caffeine fix, but you know, just it you they, they fill these, these people, they fill the cups so full that the surface tension can't, can't hold the coffee in the cup as they jitterily walk their way back to their desks because you know they got they got the you know, I need the caffeine jitters going. And they, and they walk back there. And they, they, there are some offices that we clean that are worse than others in this. But some of them, I'm telling you, there's coffee drops all over the goddamn carpet. And there's coffee rings on the tables, on the counters, on their desks. And yes, I know, it's our job to clean a place. But, you know, can you help us out a little bit? Can you, you know, not make such a mess? There are some places the nature of the business that they're doing is messy. It's and they can't help it. It's just the way it's going to be. So when we come in, we get it as clean as we can, and that customer understands that we're not going to get it looking like, uh, you know, like a, like a, a professional office that that they're architects or something. You know, and we got some architects firm with these, these architects that need their caffeine so badly that they got to pour it all in that coffee cup and off they go Drip, drip 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 and then they put the cup down as a ring. There's a reason they're called coffee rings and not tea rings or pop rings or juice rings. Because they don't make them. Oh, sure, they could. But people aren't filling their cups all the way up. Yes, there's caffeine in tea. I understand that. And some teas. Not maybe at all. but. It's the coffee these people want. And it's the coffee drinks. And I know it's coffee. So I can recognize coffee stains on carpets. It's easy to recognize. And you certainly can recognize them on the coffee rings on the desk. That's They're called coffee rings because they're made of coffee. So do your cleaning person a favor. And when you're going to go get coffee, fill it up. Fill your cup up so that it's, you know, give yourself a half inch from the top of the cup. Maybe not, maybe not, you know, or maybe not fully a half inch, maybe, I don't know, a little more than a quarter inch, you know, five eighths of an inch down from, well, five eighths would be more than a half, wouldn't it? Huh. I don't know. Three eighths? Is that more? Oh, jeez. I didn't know there was going to be math. Anyway, give your cup a little breathing room. Give the coffee a little so that you know, you won't be spilling so damn much on the carpet. It just adds time for your cleaner. Coffee drinkers, I tell you. I've never been a coffee drinker. I don't like coffee. I never liked coffee. I've had maybe uh, an, in my, over my entire life, my 50, almost 54 years, I've had maybe one cup of coffee. Probably not even that much. And that was in two attempts. And that means I may have gotten halfway through a cup of coffee twice and just went, This stuff tastes like shit. <laughs> Why would you do this to yourself the first thing in the day? Drink this stuff. But hey, you know, people like it. I, I, you know, if my son took a swig off my beer right now, he'd probably say, Dad, that tastes like shit. And I'd say, What's wrong with you, kid? You got something against Summit Extra Pale Ale? Local beer, kid. It's right there. That's what you heard me set down on the table just then. You know, what are you, a commie? No son of mine's going to be a commie. Oh, well. I have a Dim Land Radio science hero. Yay! I like having Dim Land Radio science heroes. You know, we need more of them. Uh, this week's uh, Dim Land Radio science hero is... Uh, he's, he's, you know him as Rick Deckard, as Indiana Jones, as uh, Han Solo... But I think you most likely know him as Colonel Lucas from Apocalypse Now. That's right, he was in it. Yes, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford uh, gave a talk at, uh, or yeah, he was part of a, a, a Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco just recently. This is from the Huffington Post. Uh, somebody named Lee Moran wrote this up, and this was just a couple days ago. And it says, after, uh uh, Harrison Ford issued a thinly veiled attack on President Donald Trump ugh, in a rally with a rallying call against science denying politicians on uh, Thursday which was whatever that day was Thursday today's whatever that day was 13th that's what it was September 13th uh, Ford, speaking at the Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco, urged voters to stop giving power to people who don't believe in science, or worse than that, pretend they don't believe in science for their own self-interest. Uh, so he says uh, uh, he didn't specifically name Trump, uh, who has called climate change a Chinese hoax, Uh, and is pursuing an anti-environment agenda. Well, yeah, I suppose he is. Uh, But Ford added, they know who they are, we know who they are. He warned that the future of humanity is at stake, and everyone, whether rich or poor, powerful or powerless, would suffer the effects of climate change and ecosystem destruction. Um, He says it's the greatest moral crisis of our time. I, I don't know if it's... A moral cri- I well okay—and uh, that those least responsible will bear the greatest costs. We are shit out of time. That's what he said. So it's nice to know. You know, it's just, I mean, he's not a scientist, and my Dimline Radio science heroes are generally not scientists, and uh, he's just an actor. What do they know? But he happens to be right. <laughs> At least I think he's right, and he's 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 saying, hey, you know, we need to, um, you know, we need to. Stop voting for these people who are anti-science. And I certainly hope that uh, Harrison Ford is pro-vaccine and pro-GMO. I'd hate you know hate to find out that he's well. Well, I'm I'm down with the global climate change stuff, but uh, I don't know them GMOs or well, those vaccines. Oh boy, vaccines! Now is this an anti vaxxer on my Facebook page, or is this a Russian troll? I don't know, but somebody put up a anti. Vax kind of thing, and uh, or I put up something about an anti-vax, anti-vax sort of thing, and this person came in and commented, and I'm going to read through this, I'm not going to dispute any of these points, Uh, they did not offer any source citation, I'm just going to dismiss them out of hand, because that which is given without evidence can be dismissed without evidence, but... I'm sure there are things that we, you know, I will link to something that explains some myths about uh, vaccines that the anti-vaxxers are going through. But uh, sit tight, I'm going to try to get through these. Fact! This is what the person wrote. Fact! There are 13 CDC scientists that have come forward saying that the CDC is committing scientific fraud. That's the, uh, the Center for Disease Control, whatever. Fact, William Thompson, senior CDC scientist turned over 10,000 documents to Senator Bill Posey which showed that the CDC lied, destroyed and manipulated data that, which proved that the MMR vaccine did and can cause autism. Fact, the VICP, I don't know what that is, has paid out over $3.3 billion in vaccine injuries, uh, injury cases, uh, which is a small fraction of the cases that are submitted and even and an even smaller fraction of the cases of injury that are not submitted. Fact, vaccines contain numerous carcinogenic uh, substances. Fact, recent studies showed that many of the common childhood vaccines tested positive for high levels of glyphosate, glyphosate, Monsanto's, ooh, Monsanto, Uh, Monsanto's cancer-causing pesticide. Fact! There are aborted human cell lines in the vaccines as well as several different types of animal DNA. Fact! There has never been any study done showing injecting other DNA into the body is safe. Really? The DNA that's in the food you eat? (laughs) Is... Anyway, um, fact, vaccines are one of the top-grossing products for these pharmaceutical industry. Actually, they're not. Fact, all major vaccine companies have been convicted of fraud, and the pharmaceutical industry is the biggest defrauder of the federal government under the false A- axe claims. Fact: Your doctor is supposed to go through the vaccine insert and documented side effects with you before administering the vaccine. This is rarely if ever done, which means you do did not receive informed consent for a medical procedure. Fact, the average doctor receives about two hours of vaccine education in their four years of medical school. Fact, SB 277 was passed in California last year, year which stripped your parental rights for declining any of the recommended childhood immunizations on the CDC's schedule for your children to enter school fact the senators who wrote bill to sb 277 uh richard pan and ben allen were aware of the sd uh, the cdc fraud and pushed the bill through anyways fact there are hundreds of brilliant doctors and scientists all over the world that are speaking out against vaccines and the lack of safety surrounding them fact uh senator uh uh, I think it's Senator, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Robert De Niro offered a $100,000 reward for anyone that could provide a study showing the thimerosal-containing flu shots given to pregnant women and babies are safe. <sighs> the stuff that anti-vaxxers say. Okay, so that, that whole verbal salad that I just gave you there was posted in a comment and my response was fact. You don't have polio. Okay, uh, how much time have I got? Yeah, let me check my notes and see where I'm at. See, because i got to wrap up uh, in a couple of minutes here. All right, I might as well do the three cool things. Oh, I should also let you know, don't worry, that uh, Hurricane Florence, don't worry. Uh, Pat Robertson, you know, the Christian televangelist guy, and a uh, Christian prophetess, uh, Kat Kerr, have both declared that they are using their magical Christian powers to uh, to protect the East Coast from the hurricane. So don't worry, Kat and Pat are on it. All right. So uh, anyway, so three cool things. I had a a nice chuckle at uh, some really good Photoshopper took an image of uh, the fifth grader in chief that we have in the White House, uh, uh, heading into a memorial service for the the uh, the Pennsylvania, uh, flight 93 crash, you know 9/11, uh, that uh, the plane the, where the passengers fought back and the. And the Plane crashed out there in Pennsylvania. He was going there for this memorial service, and there's a picture of him heading in, and he's looking like he's you know like he's going into some kind of boxing match. He's gonna go watch Rocky or something. He's got this fists up on either side of his face, and he's got the you know like he's biting his lower lip, and he's looking like yeah, let's get it on. And it's like, what? <laughs> what in the hell? He's just it's just there's there's n- n- there's no controlling anything in there. It's just it just does stuff it's just uh i don't know i don't know what the deal is anyway some really good photoshopper took that image and they shrunk him down a little bit so behind him are his wife uh, melania trump and then a, you know secret service guys i'm assuming or you know maybe, well yeah whoever they are just a couple other guys and they're walking um uh into a chuck e cheese Right. They, 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 the, the photoshopper dropped in a Chuck E Cheese, the front entrance, and, and, the, and then they, had, they, made, they made Donald Trump shorter and made him look about the size of a, an average 10 or 11 year old and put a, a happy birthday uh, cone hat on his head and, and, they, and they did something really good, a really good touch on this image and I'll, I'll put it up so you can see it. They made his head bigger. They didn't just shrink, they, they shrunk down the body, but they enlarged his head a little bit because that's more in proportion with a little kid, about 10 or 12. You know, it's, it's more in proportion with that. So it's it's really good, it's really brilliant. It's funny. I got a chuckle out of it. Uh, number two, cool things. Aaron Rodgers' second half against the Chicago Bears last Sunday night. He injured his knee he was brought into the the locker room though in the first half and it looked like he really twisted the hell out of that thing and he came back in they pumped him up with drugs or whatever they did and he came back in for the second half and the the bears were down 20 to nothing at some point and they came back to win the game 24 to 23 you know they came back to win <laughs> i don't know the exact uh, i think it was 24 to 23 Anyway, it was it was something, and I guess the uh, Vikings are going to be playing uh, at Lambeau Field this weekend, and Aaron Rodgers might start, but uh, he said it's a sprain knee. So well, we'll see. But that was boy, it's just another tale for the legend of that quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a really good quarterback, and damn it, why don't the Vikings ever get a quarterback like that? We never, we haven't had a franchise-type quarterback that stays year after year, is consistently great year after year, like like an Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. We had him for two seasons. He was great one, the other one not so great. Uh, We, we, or, 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 Tom Brady, or somebody, you know, Peyton Manning, or somebody that's consistently really good. We've never had that since Fran Tarkington, and that was, what, 70-something? <sighs> and number three, Paul McCartney uh, did some interview with uh, GQ, and he t- told some some odd tales about uh, what he and his friend, you know, John Lennon did when they were boys, hanging out with other boys, okay i don't understand it it's never been with something i've done but hey you know whatever but that's not the cool thing the cool thing is he talks about some of the the big songs that he's written and recorded you know beatles songs wing songs uh i think you know this other solo stuff uh some of the really great songs and you get some cool insight to it and that's pretty neat so i hope that you've had at least at least three cool things Happened for you over this past week. Uh, so, I mean, and, and I hope you didn't get stuck in any traffic. Oh, I tell you, that's, oh, let me tell you.
0: Good night, our doctor.
1: Good night. Try well, it's look. the end of another show. Uh, uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I want you to stay skeptical and the Extraordinary Claims thing. Remember that. and uh, And also to remember to sleep with the lights off. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfitz. Just, you know, you know what I do, right? It doesn't have to be the same every time. Oops. <laughs> Gotta turn off the microphone. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to Dim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
0: has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people.